Have you been saved? I mean, did you, did you get that? His name is Jesus. What a spirit. What a spirit. God has already fed us. We could all even go home today, right now. Say we've been in presence of an almighty God. I feel so unworthy to be able to stand here before you this morning. But because of a man named Jesus is the only reason that I can stand here this morning. There's folks all out this country, more eloquent preachers and teachers and stuff, but God's not interested in how eloquent you could be. God's concerned about a man's heart. And man's heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. That's all of us. That's what the Bible says in Jeremiah. Kind of reminds me of a scripture. John 15, 5 said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me. And I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me. We're talking about a man named Jesus. We're talking about Robert Gibson. No one on the face of this earth. I don't care who they are, where they come from, what kind of education they have. But without Jesus, I can do nothing. So I ask that you pray for me this morning, these few little minutes. We're going to be able to expand upon the Word of God and a testimony of there, there is hope in your life today. I want you, every one of you to know in here that you are someone. God loves you. Matter of fact, God said, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but through Him the world might be saved. I'm glad there's only one way to Jesus. And Jesus said it this way, If I be lifted up signifying His death on Calvary, I will draw all men unto me. That takes it out of mom and daddy's hands. That takes it out of papa's. It takes it out of preacher's hands. Jesus himself. Then he also said, but the grace of God. Whoo, ain't you glad for the grace of God? Neither of us deserve to live but Jesus. But the grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared to all men. Thank God for that. That's even this old scoundrel. This old rotten hell deserving sinner. As wicked as I was. But the grace of God. I want to read just a couple of scriptures here. Now remind me to say, when I got born again, I couldn't read if in cat and dog. To be here today and you don't have no education, that's all right. Because when the man Christ Jesus manifests himself in the Holy Ghost, that old back home country cornbread, if the Holy Ghost comes through your way, you'll recognize it. Amen. You won't be looking no other direction. That, old, that heart, that little ticking, that love of Jesus can move and touch like no man, no program, or nothing on the face of this earth can do. His name is Jesus. Brother Robert, why are you to here today and how'd you get here? His name is Jesus. Uh, if there's any glory to be given today, I want you to know all glory all honor and all praise goes to this man named Jesus. When you leave today, I don't want you to say, I met a man named Robert Gibson. 
You've missed it. You've missed it. I want you to leave today with your heart being bothered about a man named Jesus. God taught me, you know how I learned how to read? Right here. I didn't go to school within one door and out the other. I don't recommend that. But here's what I did do. I met a man named Jesus. And boy, when you meet the right man, now there's a lot of people, what I call, get saved instead of saved. I mean, seriously, I mean, they mean well. I mean, they really do. They mean well. They mean good. And, and they'll come down to an altar. And I mean, they're troubled. Their life is troubled. No doubt there's lives in here today. You're troubled and things seem like they're coming from all ends. Um, before I read, let me just go. I got a bootleg a little bit. Look here. The Bible talks about over in Isaiah 43 and verse 2. He says, when. Now you, let me give you a little something here before we read. Hey, look here. I all look here, He said, yeah, and all my people that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That's how you know you're a child of God. But you know what will come up? man named Jesus. That'll come up. When that trouble comes, that darkness comes. But he says over in Isaiah 43 and verse 2, when thy passes through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, it shall not burn thee, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. God said it may seem like you're drowned, you're going under that what's got a hold of you. The darkness of this world seems like I've tried everything I could do, and I'm still going under. God, don't you even care where I'm at? Yes, he does. He loves you. He knows where you're at. You know why you're going through what you're going through? For the glory of God. When you get to the end of that storm and that darkness, and God lifts it up off your life, there's someone coming behind you that needs to hear your testimony. Look here, my testimony ain't no greater than your testimony. They but one Jesus. They but one Savior. And he's done it for all mankind. You know how it is level at Calvary? I'm going to read. You know how it's level at Calvary? There's none of us no good. No, not one. All our righteousness is filthy rags. There's not a just man up on earth that doeth good and sinneth not. It's level at Calvary. Jesus loves you. Hey, over there in Nahum 1-7, he says, The Lord is good. I've heard some folks talk about cancer and illnesses and sicknesses and talking about prayer. And The Lord is good, a stronghold in a day of trouble. And he knoweth them that trust in him. My friend, listen. Even when you can't even trust, the disciples did. They, 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 they lost faith. We as children of God, sometimes we lose faith. Hey, it gets cold. It gets dark sometimes. It gets hard out in the mission field. But you know where I go back to? A little prison cell. You know what? Satan cannot go cross over the blood. He cannot. And that Savior, that same one that saved you, will take care of your problem today. He knoweth them that trust in him. He'll step out on your sea. And in your darkness, he'll say, peace be still. Oh, you have little faith. Your disciples had it. Now let me read. Here he says in Mark chapter 2 and verse 15 through 17. He says, and it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, 
Many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him, ate with the publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? How is it that a man, a perfect man named Jesus, would see Robert Gibson and say, I love him? How is it that there's a man named Jesus that sees you today and everything about you? And he looks down on this little service and sent an old scoundrel from the prison over there that he loved and saved one day to tell you, I love you. I love you. He went on to say this, verse 17. When Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician. But they that are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Lord, take these old lips of clay. God, did you form the dust of ground? Lord, if there's anything to be said today, you're going to do the work. Anoint them afresh from on high. That God, as I share my testimony, may be no glory to Robert Gibson. But Lord, you'll let your people know there is hope. We'll give you glory, honor, and praise. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My friend, when you become a Christian and you get out in the mission field, if you don't have opposition, just check and see what you have. You're going to have opposition as a child of God. If you're in, that's one good way to find out whether you're serving the Lord in the field. If you don't have opposition, they're going to be like in public and Pharisees. Why is he eating with sinners? Why is he even around those rotten, no good folks? I'm glad, glory to God, that he loves us in our condition. He looking at my life and where I came from. I, at the age of six, seven years old, I went into different foster homes. If we got foster parents in here today... I want to say glory to God. Thank God for you. Amen. That you're reaching out to those that it seems like there's no hope for and you're loving them. But my friend, if you're doing it for money, shame on you. I went into some of those foster homes. They were doing it for money. They didn't bit more love me. But then there's those, glory to God, that's reaching out for one reason. Whether I get the money or not, I'm going to love that one. Hey, that's what Jesus Christ done when he went to Calvary. He seen us. He said, despite of what you may think about that old junkie, that old harlot, or that old drunk, that old mean guy, that old mean girl. He said, I love them. That's what Jesus Christ went to Calvary for. He loves sinners. Well, I was unlovable. Hey, but look here, here what happened to me. I went in all those foster homes and went inside prison, uh, jail over there. They ruled me, ruled me incorrigible. Mm, that thing took off. I thought it was going to blow up. But anyway, that's all right, heaven bound if I do. <laughs> anyway, I got over there and got ruled incorrigible as a child. They put me in the jail with adults over there. And I got in there and a the guy had an eye problem, started winking at me. And I'm going to be honest with you, God made me 100% man. And then next thing you know, he touched me on my little tail and I wound up catching a second degree murder charge. 
I don't say that. I'm not saying that. Both of be trying to pat me on the back how tough I am. It's just that God made me a man. And you know what a sinner, why a sinner does what he does? Because he's got a wicked and deceitful heart. And that's all of us. See, none of us no good. He said, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they're foolish unto him, neither can he know them, because they're spiritually sown. A sinner don't understand why someone would love him in his condition or their condition and where they're at but Jesus he says over in Romans 5 8 but God come in his love toward us in that why we were just sinners Christ died for us Christ died for us thank God ain't you thank God for that amen and then so I got ruled in cardboard stuck in jail the guy tapped me on the tail wind up with 99 years over in Knox County jail and I deserved it I'd be honest, I was guilty I ain't trying to get no pity party guilty but God, you're guilty too, my friend. You was born in this world, Psalm 51, 5, said, Behold, I was shaping in iniquity and in sin that my mother conceived me. You can own the bank down the street. You can dress good, smell good. You, the Bible said, What should it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what should a man give in exchange? We're all guilty before God. But Jesus Christ seen all about us and knew all about us, knew that the past, present, and future. So I love him. I love her. Right there, I do want to say this. If, if you know someone that's on drugs and you've been praying for and, and you just kind of got slack in your prayers and you say, they'll never change. Uh, they went to rehab and, and they've turned over a new leaf and they do good for a while or an alcoholic. It don't make them, you know, wickedness going through down that road. And, and you've been praying, but then your prayers just got weak. You say, I've did all I can do. Can I tell you something? Just get out of the way and let God be God, would you? Can I tell you, God don't need us. We need Him. Amen. We need Him in our everyday walk. You're, none of us exempt for Satan's uh, to tire you plumb out of the frame. You may be on one mountain today and plumb in the darkest valley tomorrow. But can I tell you who owns the valley? His name is Jesus. Got over at Brushy Mountain Prison, got 99 years. They put me in over at Brushy Mountain Prison at eight years old. I mean, not eight years old, eight years At 18 years old, they, they kept me in jail until I turned 18, went to Brushy Mountain, got over there, seen no big walls. I'm thinking, Lord, what have I done? By God, and I was a sinner. I was a sinner, and I'm going to be honest with you, had a wicked heart. And I'm going to tell you what happened to me, myself and six other men, they called us the Magnificent Seven. We wind up taking four guards hostage. I don't say this boastfully. We wind up taking four guards hostage, wind up uh, two other men got killed there in prison. You know why? Drugs. I got involved in drugs, and I'm going to be honest with you. Every time I'd shoot a shot, I felt good. Every time I'd smoke a joint, I felt good. But the Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. When you smoke one, you'll have to have another one. When you shoot one, you'll have to have another shot. When you pop one pill, you'll have to have another pill. When you drink one drink, you'll have to have another drink to fix that one. But Jesus... As wicked as I was. Let me tell you what. Let me give you one little story I remember there in prison. Involved in drugs. Over two little towels. And he went and picked up some pills for a guy. And he brought them back. And he only gave him one. He had bought two. The next morning, every morning, uh, up there in the kitchen, they would bring out what they call a boning knife. About that long. And it started out as nothing three inches wide. 
And then they'd bring a meat cleaver and they would hook into this little hook there so you couldn't go no farther than that table there to, in the kitchen. I'm, that's why I'm telling you what drugs can do for you. This man got so mad on drugs that he, he went and bought that man's dope and he just had to have him one. That's what will happen to you. You'll take one pill, you'll shot one shot, and then you'll start having no respect for the next man. You'll keep on spiraling down, spiraling down. He had no respect. But that next morning there in the kitchen, by taking that one pill, oh, he got him a high, temporary, a temporary fix. But the next morning, the guy came up to him and took that boning knife and rammed it right through his chest right here, went plumb through his back. And then the other guy, his buddy, that his associate, your friend, my friend, let me tell you, your friend will not give you drugs. That's not your friend. Your friend will not ask you to come and be with him in the violence or, or go get some or go get some out. That is not your friend. Your friend's name is Jesus. But then when that guy stuck that run that bone and knife through him, another one come up and took the meat cleaver and split him wide open right down through the front of his forehead. Killed him. Right? Why? Because of drugs. It'll take you down that road. You know, the children today, young folks today, and I've been there, done that. Sometimes we think, you know, it's cool. We want to be cool. I'm going to tell you what's cool and lay back. You can be cool all you want to be and fit in with the crowd and go down that road with that crowd. But everything down there to morgue you pull out is cool and laid back. It'll take you there. Drugs, fitting in with the crowd, will take you to the morgue. There's been many children that's not listening to their parents or not listening to someone trying to help them. The Bible says, foolish is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. He said, he that spareth the rod hateth his son. But he that loveth him, chasteneth him betimes. Excuse me. Our government has come in and says, we know a whole lot better than God. We're going to take the discipline out of the home. We're going to take the prior out of the school. But can I say this? God has never said, oops. I didn't know that was going to happen. But I beg you parents, discipline your children. You can either discipline your children while they're in the place. Now, there are some parents that need some discipline. My friend, hey, it ain't always the children. There are some parents, my friend, that's out there in that wickedness and doing all the ungodly things and the children's trying to do right and, and trying to go in the right way and that parent's out there in the midst of mischief and doing every ungodly thing. Shame on you. But hey, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. You can either discipline your children while they're in the playpen or someone else will discipline them for you when they get to the state pen. That ought to make sense to you. But Jesus loves you. Well, what happened to me? I was wicked. I didn't listen to my parents. I thought I was all my own little boss. I uh, got to a certain age where nobody could tell me anything. I thought I was cool. I was laid back. I'm going to be honest with you. 
I, I, I fit in with the crowd. That thing there keeps jumping off my head there. But anyway, I fit in with the crowd. And uh, I thought I was cool because I got me an earring. I got me an earring in, I did. And I thought I was cool. And the next thing you know, my wife was wearing an earring. So there was something wrong with that. I ain't trying to condemn nobody. I ain't trying to tell you what to do. How to be. But fitting in with the crowd, my friend, got me down in prison. Got me all the wickedness I got involved in. And it ain't cool, my friend, to fit in with the crowd. Be what God made you. You don't have to fit in with nobody else. Now, that's not popular. But here's what happened to me. I, I fit in. I be it. I fit in. I was doing everything I thought was cool. And wound up over at Brush Mountain Prison. And we got, wound up catching. I spent four and a half years in solitary confinement, seven years altogether. I deserved every, every bit of it. I was guilty. But then there was a man came in over there. His name was Donnie Moore. He'd come by my cell. And he didn't condemn me. He said, Robert. Love you, boy. Praying for you. Never one time he come by and say, you sorry thing, you, you're right where you ought to be. You'll always be involved in them drugs. You'll be mean. You're, you've got everything you got coming to you. Never one time. Can I tell you that one that's down in the ditch don't need no help getting in the ditch? They're already there. They're already there. My friend, you, you're not exempt to being there yourself. You're not. None of us are. I don't care who you are. You are not exempt to being in the darkest valley of your entire life for this day's out. But old Donnie come in. He loved me. You know how long he done it? For eight calendar years, Donnie come by. Said, Robert, love you, boy. Praying for you. You know what I'd do? I'd shoot me another shot of dope. You know why? It was a temporary fix of my issues and my problems of where I thought that I was in darkness and nobody cared. I'd want to shoot me another shot of dope, but boy, they was somebody cared. Christian friend, if you're not doing this, it's easy to do it in the house of God. 2 Corinthians 5, 18, And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. God called you and saved your soul for one purpose and one reason. That is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. It's easy to do in the church. What are you doing outside the house of God? But the grace of God that brings salvation appeared to all men. God sends his grace out, but he wants you to go by and tell someone, Jesus loves you. He cares for you. Don't run by and say, you're an old junkie. You're an old alcoholic. You're old sorry thing, you. Well, you are too. You ain't no better. It's by God's grace and mercy that you are who you are. It is, my friend, that's not popular, that's okay. But I was one of those, I was wicked, no good, sorry, deserved all the time I'd done in prison. But Donnie come by for eight years, love you, boy, praying for you. I got out of lockup and went over there and uh, got in church over there, and guess who showed up? His name is called Jesus. There's something about that old back home country cornbread-fed Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost of God. I've shot a lot of dope, had a lot of my mind altered in a lot of ways, but there's no touch like the touch of Jesus. It won't be no confusion that, that I got higher, this happened, or I done, no, you ain't done nothing. His name is Jesus. He showed up over there and he began to take my old heart and heart. He put, you know that song the children sang? He's got the whole world in his hand. God has got you in his hands today. The only reason that I got out of prison, that I could even be right here today in this hour to tell you that you are somebody. God loves you. You have not went too far. That one you've been praying for, keep on praying for him. There's no such thing as a hopeless case.
His name is Jesus. So Donnie said that night, Holy Ghost got a hold of me. And he said, anybody here tonight known a conviction, would you raise your hand? You know what first thing happened to me? Pride. I was telling them earlier there, I had a little arm like that right there. And I'll tell you, look here, that thing, it had all kind of strength in it, but that night it just couldn't get up. It's called pride. You're afraid of what your neighbor might think, your sister, your brother. But everybody knows I'm a deacon. That don't matter. You must be born again. But everybody knows I'm a church member. I've been baptized every day at Pulling the Creek. Knows my name right and serial number. You'll go to hell that way. Baptism don't save you. You must be born again. You can go to church, my friend, and bust the door open every time it's open. Go to every singing, every preaching you see throughout the country. You must be born again. Nicodemus was a smart man. He was a ruler of the Jews. And even Nicodemus asked that question. What do you mean be born again? Go back into my mother's womb, be born when I'm old? No, Nicodemus. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not, I say to you, must be born again. Now, I don't have an education, but I know what must means. It's got to happen, my friend. Hey, and you won't say mama did, papa out did, or daddy did, the preacher did. You will meet a man named Jesus in the Holy Ghost. He comes to you. John 6, 44 says, No man come to me except the Father who has sent me draws him. And I'll raise him up in the last day. God does the some water, some plant, and God gives the increase. That takes all glory from any man. You can't pat no man on the back. That man, no, that man ain't saved you. That man ain't done nothing but done some water and some planting. God gives the increase and gets all glory. But that's what happened to me that night. He said, if you're here tonight and you're under conviction, I pray you go back to your bunk tonight and you don't sleep a link. Well, I didn't. I went back to my bunk. But on the way out the door that night, old Donnie, you know what he done for eight years? Donnie, he come by and he hugged my neck. On the way out the door that night, he hugged my neck again. He said, love you, boy. Praying for you. Well, I was under conviction. I said, boy, if I can just get out of here. Well, that's probably what you're saying right now. If I can just get away from that old loud mouth preacher, I'll be all right. No, I'm going to pray the Holy Ghost of God loves you and follows you all the way where you're going today. You'll be under conviction driving down the road. If you eat something, you'll be under conviction. Hey, when you lay down tonight, your bed will be so hard. You'll say, I need that man named Jesus. And thank God for following you. Well, I went back to the house that night and flipped and flopped all night long. Hey, I, and I didn't get saved that night. You know what? That's God's mercy and grace. Because God, hey, he, all he has to do is give you one chance to be saved. One chance. But see, he's, he's a first chance, a second chance. I don't know, a thousand, two thousand, I don't know. But maybe just one. That night I went back under conviction. He says, in Genesis, my spirit will not always strive with man. Hey, God didn't have to follow me back to the prison cell. He didn't. Anyway, got back there. Guess who was there early next morning? His name was Donnie Moore. And uh, he come in there and he says, uh, Robert, God didn't let me sleep either. He sent me back to tell you, Jesus loves you, boy. And he wants to save you. You want Jesus? Whew. Have you been there? Have you really been there? I can just feel it. I could, I could just, my soul, just when I think about that time, January the 5th, 1988, it still bubbles up in my soul that a man named Jesus would take Robert Gibson's no good and as sorry as I was and deserved all the time I done. He said, I love you, boy. 
and he saved my soul. January 5th, 1988. You said, you get out of prison? Nope, sure didn't. I got out of the worst prison I was ever in. And I was a sinner on my way to hell. I escaped that prison because of Jesus. I never dreamed or imagined in my wildest imagination come out of prison. I never dreamed it. But can I give you some good news today? What's impossible with man is possible with God. Are you giving up on somebody? Are you giving up? Have you got a mama, or a daughter, a daddy, a brother, a sister, someone in prison you've been praying for, but your prayers got weak and you said, they'll never change. Hello? His name, his name is Jesus. Donnie didn't give up. Please don't give up on them. Please don't give up on them. If I was you here today when we have an altar call and you've been praying for somebody and, they're, they're, and you've been giving up and you're just kind of getting weak in your faith, I'd find myself down here not crying out to Robert Gibson. I'd cry out to the Lord. The same one that saved you is the same one that'll save my friend. The same one that changed you is the same one that'll change them. If you're giving up and you have no hope, find your way to the altar and say, Lord, I've been weak in my faith. I've given up on my boy. I've given up on my daddy, my papa, my friend. God, give me faith. God, help me, Lord, to pray and not give up on them. Boy, I'm glad old Donnie seen me in my wicked and no good condition and didn't give up. Eight years later, God gave an increase. Did I get out of prison? No. I got out, I got out of hell, though. And then, 22 years later, guess what happened? Remember a verse in the beginning there, the Bible says, Even everyone that's called by my name, I have created him for my glory. That's every one of us. You're created for the glory of God. Everyone in here, you're created for the glory of God. Well, you could witness and share with someone the love of Jesus. I couldn't. God created you to tell someone else. Well, 22 years later, they come and said, you're going home. I said, ain't no way. I said, yeah, oh yeah, I'm going to heaven. Heaven bound because of Jesus. But that wasn't what they's talking about. God had a plan. He opened the prison doors. Eight years later, I've been out of prison going on eight years for the glory of God. So I want to say this this morning. If you're here and you don't know this Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but there's that little heart today. You've never trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I want to say to you today, it, it takes a real man, a real woman, to stand up among a crowd of people and say, not looking to the left, looking to the right. A one standing in the need of prayer. I need this same Jesus. I've tried to live my life this way, that way, this way, but I don't truly know this man named Jesus. Today, I pray you'll let God do a work that no one else can do in your heart. You say, well, how do I do that? The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. For whosoever, that's just an old sinner, that's all. 
That's all we try to categorize. Well, he's a junkie. She's this. He's that. That's just an old sinner. Paul said this is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. You're a chief sinner, but Jesus died for you. And so today you can have salvation. And if you're here today, don't let Satan defeat you once again in your prior life. Don't let him defeat you once again that you've gotten out of the will of God, gotten to the wayside. Do you know you're not exempt to that? Do you know there was a man named David that was after God's own heart? That's how serious David, he was after God's own heart. He committed adultery and he committed murder. But he said, Lord, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Today, if you don't have your joy, please, won't you just go ahead and bust Satan dead in his mouth and say, I need my joy back. I need my joy back. Please let God have his way today. God sent me today to tell you once again, he loves you and you are somebody. Let God have his way in your heart this morning. Don't leave this service without getting whatever it is that's bothering your heart and your life today, fixed at the foot of Calvary. Jesus loves you. God bless you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, once again, God, for an opportunity, Lord, to be able to share your precious word. I pray, God, for every soul, God, here this morning. You know their need. God, you know where they've been saved. I pray, Lord, you'll wrap your arms up around that one that's nearest to hell right now. Let the good spirit, the love of Jesus, begin to let them know they are somebody. And, God, you died on Calvary that they might be able to have life and have it more abundantly. I pray, God, that one today that's just giving up, throw the towel in, lost, they feel like they've lost victory, that, God, you restore their joy. This day, for thy honor, thy glory, and thy praise. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.